Fulfillment shows up after a solution is earned. Anything worth having first requires both effort and sacrifice. No matter who you are or what you do, whether you're a single mom or a CEO, the common denominator is this, that we all have a seven-day hustle. They don't all look the same, but they're there regardless of our situation. Here's the thing. Struggle shouldn't always produce more struggle. If done right, it should result in a dance. What we do throughout these seven days reflects directly on our progress forward. We're live? We're live. We're live. All right. So, what are we talking about today? It sparked from a minute ago, but... Yeah. Well, it sparked from our conversation last week, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, introduce yourself. (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) I'm Nate. uh, Nate Duell. Longtime friend of Kyle. Really longtime friend of your sister. Yes, and true. then you were just like that older big brother that was too cool to hang out with. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because me and Jordan would always go back and forth with this. Like, was I referred to as Jordan's brother or was she referred to as Kyle's sister? Oh, no, no. Well, because it was so it was between <laughs> Britt and Jordan, right? Like yeah. Britt and Jordan were my my duo. And yeah. so we were the trio, the three of us. And yeah. so, yeah. So Jordan is Kyle's sister. <laughs> Brittany is my current wife, who I've known since like fifth grade, right? Um and so we were like the three amigos and yeah you were the older brother that was way too cool to hang out with um but you were also with the older group of the older Halix, keith oh yeah you know you had like the the older guys that like yeah you know i I think i even got into playing bass just to be able to hang out with you guys oh really and you should know how horrible i was and am at that and i was never could play anything but Felt cool, but I remember, remember the garage bands we had in yeah. my parents' garage. I do remember that, and uh, actually, I think there's still a video of that skillet song, "Whispers in the Dark," uh-huh. in my old bedroom. And maybe remember we made like that bed stage. It was a wooden stage yep. in my yep. room. Yeah, <laughs> and we had like the your drum kit up there and everything. Yep. Yeah, you see, Eric Krieger was in that one too. I remember that was wild times. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, like I forgot a lot of. It about all of that dude yeah good times yeah good times awesome yeah so but anyway yeah i'm nate um long and that's time all friend. anybody's gonna say yeah about you. so how i how i generally do this is um we'll do like i want the content to be first because i feel like the value is in the content yeah and i don't really want to introduce who the person is until at the end okay like, what are their credentials <laughs> sure. because i don't want the, the value of the conversation to be lost and only dependent on who the person is okay yeah you know what i mean no, yeah. like there's yeah. there's value in the conversation that doesn't need to be masked by it well they haven't done as much as the last guy or they've done more than the last person's so right like sure. the way the value of the conversation on who the person on is. the content yeah, yeah yeah well i think you said that in a few episodes that all right four seconds of who you are because nobody cares <laughs> And I was like nodding my head as I'm listening to that. I'm like, that's true. No one, no one really cares. <laughs> Get to the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but this, I mean, we talked for what, 45 minutes on the phone the other day? Yeah, last week. I, we did. Yeah. And it was, um, you said something that was like, oh, that's good. Yeah, you were like, that is gold of the day right there. Uh-huh. I was like, well, you have a podcast. <laughs> um, By the way, what episode is this? Oh, for this season, 
one, two, three, four. This will probably be episode five. Okay. For this season. of season two, yeah, I'll try not to take it personally. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, you know, I wasn't in season one. You had uh, Matt Solom on episode one, season one. Joey Halleck in episode two. You know, it's cool. No, it's cool. I'm I'm the afterthought. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. So last week, I guess, I mean, and we were talking about real estate investments. Yeah, yeah. Which is what initially got it started. Yeah, and. Is that where, like, did we stay on that conversation or we get somewhere? I feel like that's most of the conversation because me, you and I have talked about, you know, doing different real estate deals or at least looking at them together. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I've only been in real estate for a few years, but like, that's just been my, I've always wanted to. Yeah. And I saw my parents do it. My siblings do it. You know, uncle owns half of Traverse City, you know, yeah. and uh, always wanted to. And like, it's a huge passion of mine. Yeah. And I finally did. I dove into it, like, I don't know, 2019, 2020 area. And I get asked a lot of, you know, well, what if, or what could go wrong? Or, or aren't you scared about having to, you know, have your tenant call you at three in the morning or whatever. Yeah. Right. Because that's a lot of excuse. The most yeah. people get into is the biggest one is like, well, I don't want to have to clean, you know, fix a toilet at yeah. you know, whatever time. I don't exactly. want to deal with toilets. So it's like, all right, like if that's the biggest thing that's holding you back yeah. from, yeah, like <laughs> we see where you're at now. Yeah, well, I heard I forget who, but it was some psychologist or uh, whatnot was saying that we as humans in general we're really good at coming up with the negatives. Mm. Like just naturally, we can come up with negatives way easier than we can come up with positives. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's true like so his his thought or you know how to basically beat that is okay write down the negative because we're so good at coming up with that write down the negative right and then right across from that write down the opposite of right. what that negative is you just wrote down right so if the negative is yeah they're going to call me at three in the morning well the opposite is maybe they won't right <laughs> maybe they'll call you at three in the afternoon right i don't know yeah but like yeah if you look at the negatives it's very easy to not have the courage to do something it's it's way too easy right yeah. and we as humans are very good at that. And I mean, you're missing so much if you don't think of, well, the positives can outweigh it, right? right? Like if you're just going to live in fear of, I can't jump into this or do it with any industry yeah. because of the what ifs. Well, what if it goes really well? What if it goes well, yeah. Right? Well, I mean, you're going to run into just random hardships, but if if the numbers work, right? And your passion's there, the numbers don't lie and your passion should outweigh it, right? right? I mean, to where... Yeah, you're gonna run into stuff. You're gonna run into. I mean, I've two kids and one on the way. You're gonna run into stuff, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think that's part of like the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, is you see a potential and you figure out how it will work, and you try to talk yourself into it versus talk yourself out of it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's I think like that was a big separation of people and just how you think. Huge. You know because. And when you get into these conversations with people, they all, it's like one person wants to convince the other that they're right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. well, it's not that either of you are right or wrong. You're both correct in your own mindset. Yeah. There's or, the right person for the job. Yes. You right? are correct in what you're thinking. You are correct in what you're thinking. It's just which one do you want to go for more? Right. Which one is more important to you? Yeah, yeah. Because most people are that nine to five punch the clock, just do their thing. Right. Right. That's and if the, that's what they want. That's what we're bred to do. That's sure. what in school and high school, you name it. Like we're not taught real world. We're taught how to be an employee. Right. We're not taught how to be a CEO. 
We're not. We're, I mean, we're not. I mean, think about it. Like, no, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm told to solve like... X on this random math equation or have to know yeah. how to dissect a cat, which don't get me wrong, was kind of fun. But like, yeah, what is that really going to get me unless I'm doing taxidermy? Right. 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 Well, and... it's funny you say that because the reason I'm laughing is because it's such a controversial topic. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, the school system's messed up, which I agree with. Yeah. Because it doesn't. Yes. And if you go back in history, I can't remember where I want to say it was. Um, you think a rich dad, poor dad? No, I'm thinking. I want to say it was Andy Frisella's podcast. I was listening. They were they were talking about it. Just kind of like the evolution of education, how it started, where it came to be. Like it, yeah. you know, it started in in to train people how to set themselves up to work in manufacturing. Yeah, yeah. You just know. to punch a clock, like yeah. be a good employee, right? Yeah. Punch the clock, go home, do it again. Yep. And I Show think that's that. Yeah. And that's what m- most people do. Yeah. And they just kind of go through life and then they hope and expect that just simply doing the normal thing will get them to a retirement that they can rely on. And way too often it, it, that doesn't happen, yeah. right? Like they relied on social security. Yeah. And yeah. it's a big generational difference though too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been working with retirees now for over seven years and it's horribly sad, but no joke. I would say I have more money if you have, or anybody does, if you have $2,000 in your bank account or any asset, then probably 60% of the retirees are on. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Like it's a joke. <laughs> I, it's, I'm, and I, I mean, obviously I'm just throwing numbers out there, but like I've done it for seven years and yeah. I'm telling you, there are so many people that rely on the state, like Medicaid programs, or they just rely on Social Security, and that's all they have. And they get to retirement and realize their Social Security check's eleven hundred bucks. Well, what do well, they think? It was now, what do I do? Right? Yeah. And it's like, well, that's why you see so many older people still working at all of these restaurants and all this stuff. Where you know we go to on a daily basis. Yeah, they're working because they didn't do the proper planning. Yeah, to get where they need to be, and that's a huge generational difference because. We today, I mean, you can pull out a cell phone. Yeah. And in 13 seconds, we can invest $5. Yeah. 5000 whatever. Uh, Huge generational difference with the power in our pocket that we don't have that excuse that like the older generations had a little bit, but obviously an excuse is still an excuse. Do you think excuse. that, and, and maybe this would be a better question to ask somebody that's in that retired space, but do you think it's part of, part of that is due to the amount of information that we have available now, because you know, yeah. we've heard it talked about like, this is the age of information or the generation of for information, sure. something like that. Yeah, for sure. Do you think it's, they didn't have the information available to them or they weren't willing to figure it out? Good question. I, I mean, honestly, it's probably a little bit of both. It was a little harder to figure it out because you didn't have Google at your fingertips. Right. Yeah. So it did take a lot more work or reading yeah. like an actual book. Yeah. Which well, because like I don't know what your social media feed looks like, but mine is basically if it's not something to do with excavating, paving, <laughs> investing, or mindset, yeah, yeah. Like, that's how my feed is. And so it's like, well, I didn't ask to learn how to like figure out another way to generate passive income, but here it is. Right. The algorithms get feeding you. <laughs> Yeah, that's feeding. Like, I didn't ask for this, but yeah. sure, I'll take it. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. No, I mean, yeah. You name it. I mean, that's huge. That we're literally getting fed it, whether we even really wanted to or not. Yeah. We're getting snippets every day. Yeah. And it's a huge difference that you know, our parents and grandparents were told, "Hey, Social Security just started in like the '60s, right?" Yeah. So, hey, Social Security, you're yeah. going to contribute to it. It'll be there in retirement. Well, yeah. sweet. 
But what they didn't realize was that if you didn't put some into your 401 or into a pension or into your own IRA at that time, you get to retirement realizing, wait, I only have social security and it's not as much as I wanted it to be. Right. Now what? Right. Right. And they're screwed. I feel like, yeah. Well, and, and what I'm, what I'm thinking about is because you should know what numbers are relative to another number. Yeah. Same thing with running the numbers on a real estate investment. Yeah. Okay. Like, sure. This sounds great, but compared to what other numbers, is it actually a good deal or is it not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of knowing what you're getting into before you blindly go into it. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing with social security is all right. If you're going to get $1,100 a month compared to what? Sure. Yeah. And that's where numbers are very relative. Right. right. Well, because I mean, I do so this. Like that's, but even back then, you have no excuse. Yeah. No. I mean, and excuses are. Are we allowed to swear in this episode? Let's <laughs> say excuses are like assholes. We all have them. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. Some of them stink worse than others. Yes. Right. Uh. But no, it, it's true. Yeah. The excuses are there, and I, I'll give you an example. So I, I even wrote this down. Okay. Because a, I'll never forget this. But I wrote this down for this conversation essentially to where the ignorance of like the common investor or the common person in general okay Okay. so true story right this is in a town just south of here basically okay i met with this lady in regards to like retirement planning retirement needs whatever right with her and her husband her husband was actually at work at the time but yeah um i'm sitting with this lady and (laughs) the house is for lack of better terms pretty gross like she doesn't do anything really as far as like maintain it or clean it. I mean, there's literally flies everywhere and there's just two liters of Coke bottles everywhere. Like literally just 50 plus of them, just everywhere, half full empties, you name it. And we got to talking about retirement and she's complaining about her social security check being low. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, sure. You know, without rubbing salt in the wound, whose fault is that? Right. Yeah. And I get it, right? Maybe you're disabled or you couldn't work or you're a homemaker, whatever, right? But she has a husband who's right. working full-time at Menards. Okay. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, do they offer a 401? She goes, yeah, yeah they do. I'm like, awesome. So what do they What do they match? She goes, uh, they'll match up to, I forget the percentage. She's like, you know, 5% or whatever. Yeah. Like, awesome. So are you putting in the five to make sure that you get 5% for free? Like literally free money, they're going to match it? Right. She goes, well, no, we can't afford that. And I just kind of looked at her and was like, <laughs> <laughs> are you serious like you're gonna pay everybody else's bills but not pay yourself first yeah right like that's the foundation for having a future that's actually worth looking looking for and i mean don't get me wrong i don't mean to be an ass but like none of us want to be in poverty yeah. right like none yeah. of us want to struggle none of us want to be but none of us want to work to change it either right so i look at it and i go most what do you mean you can't afford it i was like we're literally talking if you did $5 a week yeah, and the company matched $5 a week, right. you're now able to put away $10 a week. Right. And I did the numbers, which is $520 a year. Yeah. So get this $5 a week. The company matches it. Right. So you have $10 total. Yeah. If you had that for 40 years at like a 7% return, like yeah. a modest return, right? The S&P average is like 11, but yeah. a modest 7% return. I looked at her and I actually was just spitballing these numbers, but I proved myself right afterward. Yeah. I go, you know, you'd have over a hundred thousand dollars right now in his 401k and you probably wouldn't be here complaining about what, how much money or how much little money you had. Yeah. 
And she looks at me and just like stares and her jaw kind of hit the ground. And I was like, you know, it's that level of ignorance, really. I mean that, and I, and I look at her, I go, silly two liters. Yeah. I go, you realize that the cost that you're spending on these pops every week, you would have a hundred thousand dollars or more right now. Right. Had you put $5 away, I go, you wouldn't even notice that on his paycheck. $5 a week, you wouldn't yeah. even notice it. Yeah. Because the company's going to give you that. They're going to match that. Right. I go, that is over $100,000 right now that you might be able to retire. He might be able to retire. Yeah. And then you can draw off of that. You can have a guaranteed income off of that with different po- like possibilities. Yeah. And she's just sitting there kind of staring at me like, he used my Coke against me. <laughs> Coke me Coca-Cola. Yes. Coca-Cola. Um, and I was, I, I'll just never forget that because she literally was just so adamant that they couldn't afford it. And I gave it to her in real terms of you're literally like buy two, two liters less a week. Yeah. And they'd have over a hundred thousand right now. And she's literally complaining because she, I think she made like, you know, 900 bucks on social security. So her husband had to work. And he's in his 60s, still having to work and punching the clock, but not again. Yeah. They're gonna be in the same rabbit hole. They're gonna be in that same downward spiral because A, they're obviously not teaching their kids or their grandkids right. how to do it right, right, or how to learn from that experience. He's having to work into his 60s and possibly 70s now because they didn't do something so simple that is a Starbucks coffee a week. Yeah. And don't get me started on that overpriced coffee. But- well, it's most likely she's pissed a well mostly because it's like why didn't i do something before because you can't get pissed at yeah. anybody but yourself like no you're, yeah you're just delivering well, truth no at this they, point they do time. try to point the finger and pass the buck that well i'm you know, sure for me whatever yeah, right for me but like look it's really not for you because every action up to this point was justified why you didn't have to do what you know you should have done yeah yeah um, it's justified it you know not to not to pick on this lady, but you know, the situation of messy house disorganization, literally leaving things that you know could be picked up. Yeah. What justification do you have to go through daily to yourself yeah. that allows you to not do what you know you need to do? Yeah. Well, like, episode three with you and Joey was talking about habits, mm-hmm. right? Habits mm-hmm. are habitual, right? Mm-hmm. They can be very bad habits. Mm-hmm. They can be good habits, mm-hmm. but you have to start creating those habits. And I think you even actually said it in that episode that a lot of time the, the habits are, <laughs> there's something we almost don't even realize we're doing. Yeah. And we're not making the right, we're just making habits that are continuing to put us in that situation. Yes. Without almost even realizing it until 40 years go by and you're like, oh, <laughs> like you said you were supposed to be married two years ago right yeah you had like two days to go or something you were like well i'm 30 in like two days so i should have a i should be married my my, my ambition was to be married and have two kids by 30 so i had at 29 and 363 days i was like well i got two days to get all this done <laughs> i mean joey responded with gloriously that there are a lot of websites you could probably find someone real quickly <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> anyway, um, so actually coming back to, um, I know we kind of got down that. So this would be a, thing, but this would be a perfect spot because we we never even actually said what yeah it was right what it was we were talking about last week. Yes. So, so what we were triggering was the fact that, um, 
because this is like again you get so many naysayers yeah right the what ifs the the negatives Mm -hmm. and I was like, well, all you need, if your fear meter, right, you look at a, a bar chart or a bar graph, whatever, but your fear meter is at, let's say, 50%. Mm-hmm. All you need is your courage meter right. to be at 50.00001%. Right. That's it. Right. Like, it needs to be that much higher than the fear. Yes. And you can do it. Yeah. Right. But if your fear is over top of the courage, right, you'll never get it done. Right. Right. And that's the naysayers or the... Yeah, I've been thinking about doing this or doing that, and three years go by, and I'm like, "Where are you at now?" Well, I'm still doing this, or I still want to look into this, or I'm still saving up for this. And it's like, well, you're still you, finding fear. All you did was push yourself down the road three years, right? So, like, yeah. and I mean, I would say the hardest part, you know, getting back to the real estate talk, but the hardest part about getting into it is the very first time getting into it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's the hardest part. A for the fear. Yeah. But B monetary. Right. Like okay. the traditional way to go buy an investment property or a house is 20, 25% down. Right. 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 Now, home buyers, you could put like 5% down. Right. Pretty right. great. Pretty not as hard. Right? right. But if you're talking a $300,000 house in today's market, you're still having to come up with 15 grand. Right. Yeah. That's that's not that easy to do, especially yeah. if you just got out of college and yeah. whatever. Right. But, and I have a whole list actually of like ways around that. You don't have to put 20, 25% down. There's mm-hmm. so many avenues to get into this that people don't even know or think of or, or realize as an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that same token of how your courage literally just needs to be slightly higher than the fear. Mm-hmm. I had the other one I thought of too, is that you can jump into something, you know, and don't get me wrong. Don't jump into something blind, right? Don't yeah. be naive. Don't jump into something blind, but I didn't know really what I was doing when I jumped into real estate. Yeah. I mean, I, I did my work with like reading books, listening to podcasts, going to meetings and talking to other investors, right? Of who I want to do, you know, basically be essentially. Yeah. And, but my knowledge wasn't, I've never done it hands-on. So my knowledge wasn't there. So let's say that the same thing, the knowledge is at 50% when really it should be, at, let's say a hundred, right? And right. you're a master of it, right. but it's at 50%, your passion, tenacity, motivation, whatever word you want to put it, that needs to be at 50.0001%, right? It just right. needs to be that much higher to be able to say, I believe in myself, I believe in the numbers, because the numbers don't lie that right. if this is a good investment, I'm going to do it. And I'll learn how to do it along the way. Right. Right. Like, don't jump in blind, because right. then you, you'll probably fall on your face. But right. jump into it knowing that you're going to learn the ropes. And that was my first thought was like, I'm just going to do it because I believe in myself. Yeah. If I believe in myself, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I'll, figure, I'll out. figure out how to close on it or how to raise the capital or how to manage renters or how to sign a lease right. how to even find a lease so right you're never going to be able you're never going to get to that point unless you put yourself in the position to yeah. solve. yeah and you mentioned this and i wrote it down episode two you're talking about operating the excavator that oh, the guy yeah. asked you how much did it cost to get this good at <laughs> you're like well it didn't it didn't cost me anything i just did it and yeah. I, I i had the passion basically to learn it and make myself good at it yeah. and it's the same thing like you don't necessarily have to know every step of it that's that's the whole point of networking and talking to people and just do it yeah. and you will learn it. Yeah. Like I went into it. I, I never had a, I don't know what a lease looks like. I didn't, I was like asking my parents for one and theirs was horribly written and typos everywhere. And you know, just, but it's stuff like that. Like I learned from that though. Yeah. Right. Same. Like I learned not to use theirs. Yeah. I learned yeah. to come up yeah. with my own. I, I took pieces from everybody else's and, and found out what I wanted in mind. Right. Yeah. Applications, yeah. Um, evictions, you name it. Like, how do you handle all this? I don't really know, but I'll figure it out. Right. Right. That was, that was kind of like the mentality. I went into it because yeah. my courage outweighed my fear. 
Right. And my passion outweighed the knowledge to know that I'll figure that part out. That I think that like, you know, the, the 50, 50, 51% separation, you know, we'll just, just for sake of easy numbers, yeah, yeah. Like that 1% or that 0.001%, like that distance from one to the other can sometimes seem large, like, yeah. or, or like, you know, like, you mean if your meter's fear, at like 10% now? Well, <laughs> you got to like, get it 41% higher. If you have no fear and you have all courage, it's like you, that's when you can go into things blindly. For sure. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like when you're a lot close, when your courage is a lot closer to your fear, your fear looks way bigger than it actually is. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like you still don't, that, that confidence hasn't been built up yet. Right. And you don't have that confirmation of, hey, I can do this. This does work. You know, I am a good bet on myself. Right. And your fear can honestly, like, I feel like at that point in time, if you're at that, you know, 0.01% in the good direction, you almost have to act against what you might think is right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just have to go and not think about it. I'm just going to do it. It kind of like there is fear there, but I have to just not pay attention to it and go for it. And that's the uncomfortable part is you literally feel like you're doing something wrong. Sure. Yeah. But you have enough courage to prove yourself wrong. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I, there's a lot of fear. I think this will work out. I'm going to take a chance and prove myself wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to hold myself to that yes. accountability. Yes. And I'm going to prove myself right or wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you do that, then your courage and your knowledge grows, you know, and I don't even necessarily know if you're, I mean, kind of a, a moot point, but let's say your fear doesn't necessarily shrink. It just gets smaller and relative to your courage. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's always a certain amount of hesitancy because you recognize the risk factors involved. Yeah. And the bigger the investment, the more the risks and, and there's different risks every time you do something. For sure. So I don't think your fear ever goes away. I just think your courage yeah. grows. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, every new deal or, you know, new opportunity I'm looking at, I'm like, well, that little, you know, the, the bad angel on your shoulder, right. is always yeah. like whispering, like, well, what if, right. Or this is a new area, right. Like I like multifamily investing and, you know, I've been thinking of doing short-term rentals and stuff like that, but you have that little in today's market, well, interest rates are high. Right. Or what if people aren't going to travel as much because short-term rentals aren't going to work then, you yeah. know, like you have that whisper. Yeah. But again, if the numbers don't lie, right. Like you're good. Right. And that's what most people don't realize is like if the numbers work out. Right. And you're you're putting modest numbers. Right. You're not putting like best case scenario numbers, but right. you're running that and getting modest numbers. And there's many ways to do that. That might be, you know, a whole never another conversation of where do you get those numbers or where do you run that? Yeah. The, you know, or what platform do you use? You know, right. you name it. There's Well, that's why you have friends. Yeah. For one thing you have friends, you have people in the, that are doing it. You have. Yeah. You know, like you have to kind of search out the right answers. You do. Yeah. You know, it's not just going to come to you. You do have to make an effort to find the right answers. You do. I mean, you need a real estate agent you can trust that you, you know, yep. that you know, you like, you trust that they know the market as well. 
not only know the housing market. Like KJ Sayer with the Benton Group. Like, <laughs> so I and I have to plug uh Casey too. Okay. So Casey and um Casey Kylie and, and uh KJ Sayer. So actually Casey helped me buy a property just down the road here. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um do they have to pay you for that advertisement now? No. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know probably one of them are going to listen to I mean, this, there are so. tens of tens of people listening to this, so <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> tens of people. <laughs> so actually, cool thing is since um, since this is under, has been coordinated with Blacktop Banner, it basically took this exposure times 100 overnight. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. I saw that announcement. That's pretty yeah, sweet. Like just on Instagram alone, there's over 50,000 followers on Instagram. On on this channel, on so for Blacktop Banner, what okay. Blacktop Banner has become is it's it's a it is a a a brand in the asphalt industry. Okay, yeah, it's not a business; it's its own brand just to promote, push, expose. Yeah, you know the asphalt industry, connect everybody, um, contractor wise. Yeah, but then it's a media platform so that people not in the contracting space can just it's an eye it's an eye inside the industry yeah and so blacktop banner has become something that is extremely it's blown up over the last couple of years yeah. and it's going somewhere and marvin who started it a buddy of mine he's like hey uh would you want to kind of run this race together with me yeah and and, and be one of the content creators and put your uh fly fly the podcast under the blacktop banner flag and i'm like dude why not yeah like, that's super know? cool because there's gonna be good people, for you man there's gonna be people that listen to this that say like hey i i see value in that yeah you know i see value in their conversations i like what you're doing what can i do to help you make this better and continue this along yeah you know or it sparks somebody else's interest like hey i want to be on there Right. You know, like it, the possibilities are endless. But when I, when I was approached with it, I'm like, I don't see a there's not a bad side to this. Right. Like, no. why would I not? Yeah. I know. I love that. I mean, good for you, dude. That's so that's huge and, with how big it's gotten and how big your asphalt company's gotten in the last few years. I mean, and you're obviously like, I think you even said this before on some episodes before that. Yeah. This isn't for everyone, right? This is going to be for that person that <laughs> has that go get them attitude. And you are definitely on the top of that list as go-getters because I don't know. I mean, I guess I get that question too, is like, how do you do it all? But dude, you're running an asphalt company that you just started what three, four years ago? Three and a half years yeah. ago, yeah. Oh, pretty accurate. Three, four. Yeah. Um, and then you start the podcast. Yeah. And then you want to do real estate invest. You know, like yeah, you're just all over the place, which is awesome. And that's why too is like, you know, I might give real estate examples, whatnot, but it's definitely tailorable to other industries. Yeah. Right. That 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 type of little nuggets that someone might get out of this could yeah. be used for any industry. Yes. And that's why, like, a lot of my references, I would say, because I'm a huge proponent of Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. Um, I know you've read the book because I think yeah. I made you. And uh, <laughs> I, heck, I read that book and then I reread it after a few years, and I was like, mm -hmm. man, you just got even more reading it twice. But mm -hmm. that book, for those of you listening that haven't read that or like want that maybe spark of where to go or how to do things or it the mindset money in, it puts money into perspective it does it, it gives you the money, mindset yes money and it puts money and time into perspective it's 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 amazing and it's a quick read it's not like you know it's an encyclopedia it's a really quick read 
And I think it's like eight bucks on Amazon. Like it's, yeah. it's really cheap. Yeah. So it's worth $8 investing in yourself, but that book, no joke changes your lives. Actually. Um, the bigger pockets podcast. Yep. Right. Probably the biggest real estate podcast there is. Yeah. Listen to them a lot. And they actually, they, they ask every one of their, um, guests, they go, all right, excluding rich dad, poor dad, what books do you like mm -hmm. or what books you encourage? Because everyone's first it's answer is rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. It's by Robert Kiyosaki. For yeah. those of you that don't know, uh, they literally don't even want to hear that anymore. They literally say besides that, right. Or like excluding this because everyone says it, what other ones are there? But it's, it's so true. It's well, after wild. I read it, me and you were talking on the phone one time and it, it came out in conversation. And I think I was the one that brought it up. I'm like, I almost don't want to invest in any, in a property with somebody that has not read that book. 100%. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, just because you're willing doesn't mean that you have the knowledge, mm -hmm. you know, like, and <laughs> yeah. so it's like, we have to, Oh, if we want to be a nice puppy. Yeah. Thank you. I know I have the same one. <laughs> so, but you don't have one that has your name on that. No, I do not. But I bank with state savings. I know you do. <laughs> Actually, that's why I started going to state savings. Oh, really? Was, yeah. It was your referral. So thank you. Another shout out state savings bank, Traverse city. So sponsored by. <laughs> um, so, but no, it's like, you get into something when you're getting into a real estate investment, you have, especially for the first time, you have a certain amount of fear. You have a certain amount of courage. You have a certain amount of knowledge. You have, you know, determination, yeah. all of those things. Then when you go into it with a partner, their ratio of all of those things are completely different than yours. Yeah. But if your basis now foundational knowledge isn't in parallel with each other, right. You are entering into a bad relationship. Yeah. And so it's like, man, this is the easiest way to get somebody on the same page to where it's like, all right, you now can't deny the knowledge that you've yeah. learned. If you actually read this book, then we can be on the same page. Yeah. If you don't agree with it, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was excited because I, I, I told you to read it and yeah. you, you were, and I was so excited to like hear your thoughts after you were done with it. Yeah. And I think the biggest takeaway for me with that book is understand. And that's what you're saying too. Is like, you don't want to work with someone that hasn't read it. I think the biggest understanding with that book, and you'd basically be on the same page at that point is knowing what an asset is versus liability, right? Knowing what to invest in yeah. because a lot of people, you know, they'll buy a new car. Yep. And they'll call it an asset. Yep. They'll buy a house that they live in and they call it an asset. Well, mm -hmm. it's not, yep. right? It's only an asset if it's actually paying you, right? If you're right. depleting money every month right. into it, it's not an asset. It's a liability right. taking money right. from you. So back to your, back to the household. Yeah. That, you know, you're, you, you approach this lady like, oh, yeah. Her liabilities were two liter Coke bottles. Well, yeah, and and or just because a, a TV, yes, cable, like the stuff that was gonna not gain her anything. Yes. It was only ever gonna depreciate, yep. but also it wasn't giving her anything, but maybe like temporary enjoyment. But it wasn't paying. Her, it right? wasn't paying. Her. It wasn't paying her. So like she she had to have maybe this certain car, or she had to live in maybe this area, or she had to have this size TV, yep. or she had to have the newest smartphone, right? Yep. Those are all liabilities and there's nothing of an asset in there. Yeah. Right. We all know that you buy a car and as soon as you drive it off a lot, it's worth yeah. less. Yeah. Right. That's not an asset. Yeah. Now, a way to make, um, you know, this is something in Rich Dad Poor Dad too, and it's kind of controversial is that your primary residence, he'll say, is not an asset. 
right? And my first thought was like, well, no, there's equity in it. Of course it's an asset, right? Yeah. Which it's a liability because you're you're paying every month for it, right? right? Like you're paying taxes, you're paying your mortgage, you're paying whatever. Right. But you can turn it into an asset. That's what's cool. And right. that's what a lot of people miss right. is you can use that equity for yourself instead of the bank. You it, can make your liability, yeah. your primary residence into you, an asset by using the you equity. Squeeze the asset value out of it. Yeah. And, and you use it for something else. Yes. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't do. I mean, and specifically right now, right? Well, interest rates are high. I'm not going to refi or I have to buy a house. and I'm going to pay that much more on the mortgage. Well, mm -hmm. interest rates hopefully will come down, mm -hmm. right? We can always refi them mm -hmm. or refi again when they come down. Mm -hmm. But you're also, who knows how many years that's going to take. Now you're going to be three, four years behind someone that said, eh, screw it. If the numbers work, right. why do I care what the interest rates are? Right. Right. Actually, I had my, my banker actually looked at me with a weird eye when he goes well unfortunately you know the interest rate's going to be like you know seven percent or right around seven and i was like honestly i don't care right so what do you mean i was like well i mean yeah last year they were five right whatever but i don't care if it's seven percent as long as the numbers work and my tenants are paying that higher percentage and the numbers still work and i'm still cash flowing right why do i care what the interest i'm not the one paying it right. he goes what do you mean you're not the one paying it? i'm like to you, I'm the one paying it. Right. But I have people putting money into my bank account. Right. They're paying. I'm not paying anything right. out of my own pocket. Right. I don't care. It's an exchange. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. using someone it's else's money. for funds. Take right. it from you. Put it. Give it to I'm, use, I'm constantly using someone else's money to buy me stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. To buy me stuff. I'm serious. <laughs> and I actually, I wrote that down too. This is a saying I've been saying. I've been saying this now for a few years. And I need to coin it, although it probably could get a little better. But anyway, yeah. the, the gist of it is, um, and this kind of goes to those naysayers, is you know, how I look at real estate investing is I have people paying me yeah. to give me a free house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All I had to do was the initial paperwork yeah. and have the courage over the fear to do it. Yeah. Once I do that, I'm using everybody else's money, yeah. moving it over here, moving it over here, having my tenants, other people, right? My tenants pay me to a pay off the mortgage, pay off the taxes, pay off everything with cash flow. Yep. So they're literally paying me to eventually give me a completely free house mm -hmm. that I never paid a dime for. Right. And that's powerful when people look at it like that. Yeah. Because most people don't. What, what I have a hard time with is you sometimes feel like you're a lone crusader in all of these things. Yeah. Because your example with the banker, you would think that somebody in his position is going to automatically know where you're coming from. Right? But yeah. they don't. No, they don't. Because just because they're in that position doesn't mean that they think the way that you do, doesn't mean that they have the same ambition that you do. Right. None of that. Well, the bank just wants to make sure they get paid. The bank just wants to make sure. So they when get I paid. said that, he almost was concerned that, like, what do you mean you're not going to pay? <laughs> this is a concept. No. People do this all the time and they're very successful at yeah. it. So if you're in the financial world. Why does it seem like new news to you? Specifically in the financial world of investment houses. Right. Not just even, he was literally like, that's what it, he does. It's it, commercial it, investment properties. So I should have known what I was talking about, but yes. I think I he was almost more on the concern of like, I'm not going to pay you. Like, what do you mean? You're not going to pay your loan? Yeah, but <laughs> it, it, to me, it should be so common knowledge. He's just, his response would be, oh yeah, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like it shouldn't have to trip anybody up of what you're trying to I do. I shouldn't have to explain. Yeah, exactly. No, I know. I agree. I, that 
it blows my mind. It does. It does. But that's just that's just the way that it. And so you know, you you kind of have to be your own crusader for your own cause because you might run into a lot of situations, many situations that nobody's going to believe you. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to understand you. Yeah. And nobody's going to be willing to help. Yep. So you have to have the knowledge, have the courage and have the, um, the dedication to push this whole thing through. Yeah. Because you believe in yourself that much and every step yeah. of the way you go, you there is a very good chance that everybody you come in interaction with is going to throw, yeah. throw caution into your wind. Yeah. Well, or you look like, um, or or you look like a dreamer. Right. You if you're just like always talking about like doing this and doing that. Yep. And actually, so that sparked an idea of mine that <laughs> don't mean to throw my wife under the bus. But <laughs> my wife said that she goes, <laughs> Brittany, plug your ears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she goes, she goes, you know, like you have all these dreams and like ideas, like, don't you worry that like, if you're kind of always doing this and doing that and wanting to do this and like, don't you think that like people are thinking that you're kind of like, all over the place and crazy, right? Like maybe if you cared about what other people thought. Right. That was so that was part of my response. My second response was, I need you on my page. Mm. Right. Without you being on my team or on the same level of thinking as me, mm. you're going to constantly, A, I can't go spend 50 grand without you saying, wait, what? Now I can literally go spend as much money as I want and she won't bat an eye. She'll just be like, oh sweet, sounds good. Right. So that took A, that took time. B, I said, you will never understand where I'm at until you literally, you have to, and we're going right back to this. You have to re-rich that poor dad. Yeah. I go, until you re-rich that poor dad, I almost can't even like go over this with you or explain to you my ideas and my thoughts. Cause you're literally looking at me as like a far-fetched dreamer. Yeah. Right. So I literally made her re-rich that poor dad. Yeah. And she, she ever since what has been on my page to where I am constantly looking for new deals and new ideas and way to do it. Right. And new areas or new opportunities. And she no longer is, well, what if this, or, yeah. well, what are the numbers or what if she knows that if I'm doing it and I'm excited about it, the numbers work. Cause otherwise I wouldn't even waste her time with it. And she knows that a, I've proven myself now by doing a few of these deals that yeah. I have that trust built, yeah. but she's on my level. Like she's on my field now. And without that backing and like that support group, it's really tough to do it because you support constantly meaning your wife, which support, is support yeah, or just who you're with, right? If you're not married, but like who you're with and you don't so want to hang out with people want. that are going to be dragging you down for lack of better terms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you want to wrap yourself up with people that have the, similar go get on passionate attitude because yeah. otherwise you're you're gonna get drugged down into their negative attitude yeah. or their why nots instead of the why why can we or why should we yeah and that's just that's just plain good marriage advice <laughs> right <laughs> like when you said that i'm like ooh, like that that you're welcome stop. Right? you can get yeah, married no kidding that's what you've been waiting for <laughs> that's what i've been waiting for nate <laughs> We're done. We're done. <laughs> but it's like that should take a lot of people that should catch a lot of people's attention is that when you said that, like, I have to get my wife on the same page, like that's marriage advice. That's investment advice. Yeah. And like that partner advice, right? That's like partner. That's you. There are so many people I would never partner with. And I don't mean that to be like a dick or like 
but there there's people that I know that it's it, I just, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Like I don't trust them to wake up by 8 a.m. Yeah. Right. Like, or I, I can't trust them to do something when I say, Hey, we need to run these numbers. We need to run this or we do this for me. Yeah. I can't trust them to get it done when I ask. Yeah. Right. There, and then there's people where it's like, dude, I want to work with you. Like, yeah. let's, let's find something yeah. and let's do it. Right. And it, having your wife on that page. Yeah. I mean, literally you're unstoppable. I've done it a few times now. I've literally went and I'll spend like 45 grand. I'll just yeah. go buy a house. She's never seen the house. <laughs> I've actually bought two. She'd never stepped foot in it. Okay. She'd never stepped foot in this house. Yeah. And there's a lot of faith that she had to have in me, but also I knew I had to get her there somehow. Yeah. Right. But no, I literally, I bought two houses and she'd never even seen them other than a few pictures. Yeah. But that wouldn't have worked had I not worked on how to get her there or like how to be on the same page. Right. Yeah. And have her trust me. I mean, there's a lot of trust involved. Yeah. Especially when it's like do or die trust, right. You're married to the person. Yeah. Your budget, your bills. Yeah. You have it all together and it, it, it needs to work. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it can ruin relationships if the money is the number one reason why a relationship is ruined. Yeah. Well, you, 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 you made a very good point. And kind of in passing, and that's actually how this whole thing got started, is you made the confidence over fear comment in passing. Yeah. You were just kind of like, you were just kind of like, well, I mean, you you know, your confidence just has to be a half percent more than your fear, right? And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, whoa, 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 hold on. But the point you just made in relation to marriage is it took time. Yeah, for sure. You know, and so when you said that, you're like, and that also took time. Like... That statement of it took time, I'm sure that was a big event. Yeah. Or a, a series of events. Like it took time means that, it, I mean, who knows? It doesn't really matter, but six months, a year, year and a half, whatever it is, there was time spent in the space of uncertainty. Yeah. You know, and somewhat discomfort inside your marriage in order to figure, let's sort through this, figure out what this, what this is so we can get to the backside of it yeah. and do something about it. We're either, you know, it's either going to be a yay or an A. Yeah. But I think that, you know, in, in a marriage, especially, even though I'm not married, but it's a different type of partnership. Yeah. Cause you can't walk away from it. <laughs> you know, you are legally binded. Right. <laughs> I have to see especially when you have kids. <laughs> Yeah. no you know there's there's a lot more involved there rather than just you know a a business partner you go home separately yeah you you interact with them for a time you talk shit about separate. them at night yeah, yeah. You, know, you, <laughs> yeah. Can vent, you know yeah you can't vent to them about them <laughs> right you know so i just thought that was you know that's that's a big point that a lot of people can miss yeah, it's a detail that shouldn't be overlooked, and it's a detail that can easily be missed, and it's a very important one. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I? It, one thing I like about you with all of this is is you know you've you've got into it, but you pretty much fixate on something that you want and you go for it. Yeah, I'm just gonna do it. And <laughs> when you do that, you don't try to reinvent the wheel. No. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, there's enough challenges in that space. I don't need to try and be a hero and reinvent the wheel because, right. you know, between rich dad, poor dad and um, bigger pockets, bigger pockets yeah. and the Burr method and all these things, oh, like, yeah. you have a plan of action yeah. when you go into something like the, 
the venture enough has enough has enough variables in itself. Yeah, I mean, there's enough proven models that you know, pick one that you like the idea of or that you think would work for you. Because, yeah. and I, I was saying that earlier. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. But like, the traditional way to buy an investment property, particularly, is twenty to twenty five percent down. You know, commercial loan or personal, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, I started going commercial. That way, remember you're on camera for this. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. is going commercial because they don't look at your DTI, DTI yeah. being debt to income ratio, yeah. right? And that's huge with someone that's 1099, like yourself and me, right? Yeah. Is the DTI can be a huge hindrance. Yeah. You've got a couple of vehicles. You've got an excavator that yeah. costs a lot of money. You've got three houses. It looks like a ton of debt. So DTI doesn't look good because you're making this amount, right? But your debt's right. up here. But when you go commercial side of it, yeah, you got to put more down, like 20, 25% usually. Right. But they're not going to look at your DTI like hardly at all. I mean they look at it but not hardly at all so what I just went through with this and if you're in a business space this is going to be something that's crucially important for you because having what I just recently learned exactly what a balance sheet is for your business yeah your balance sheet your cash flow and your P&L statements profit and loss yeah like you have to have those things up to date and it becomes really hard I like was on the tipping point of it. It wasn't too hard, but I could see if I let too much more time go by, it would be really hard and hold me up from a lot of big opportunities. Mm -hmm. Had I not been keeping track of those things along the way. Consistently. Yeah. yeah. So if you are a business owner, especially one with high overhead, lots of money coming and going, like you have to have those things. If you ever want the opportunity to do more. Yeah. Because when you approach the bank, they're going to want to see like, all right, just yeah. because you did this much business last year doesn't mean anything to us. Right. No. Yeah. Like, are you actually making money? Are you actually right? making yes. money? Are you worth more than your debt? Right. That's all a balance sheet is, is are you worth more than your debt? Right. Yep. Are you bringing in more than the expenses leaving? Yeah. Right. And again, that's back to that. Like what we don't get taught in high school, even college. Right. But high school, we don't get taught how to balance a, a, a budget sheet, a profit loss statement. We don't get, we don't they have don't any teaching. examples or teachings of like, okay, if you're making this, what can you or should you buy then, right? Or what are you, what are you going to look like in six months if you continue to buy this, this, and this, but your income didn't change, so, right? This, it could ruffle a lot of feathers depending on who you say it to, especially teachers. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because there's somebody that dedicated their livelihood to something that they're passionate about, which is teaching kids, which is, which is very noble. Yeah. You know, and definitely a good thing to do, but the school system in general. Yeah. What does it actually teach you? Well, the standardized testing, right? It's a, a lot of it's out of their control because the government has standardized yes. the curriculums. Yes. So to be successful in the world, where do you get prepared for that? Exactly. Now, for it's your own ambition, but if nobody gives you the idea that it's even possible, then you can't even spark your own ambition. Yeah. Like at least give somebody the, you know, the tip of the iceberg, yeah. the tip I mean, of the iceberg topic of like, hey, this is how you stay out of debt. This right. This is, is how, how you build a credit. This is how you while build. not going underneath it. Yes. You know. And the idea for financial. Uh, I don't even want to call it responsibility, but the idea for financial action, how you treat finances yeah. is that you don't end up backwards. 
Yeah. I mean, compound interest. I didn't learn that term until after high school, after college, probably. I don't even know. But like the idea of compound interest and when you can start that younger and the difference that it makes the younger you are, even if it's $5 a week, right? Like given the example from earlier, Mm -hmm. it makes literally a world of difference. I mean, unbelievably different opportunity for someone that started investing, let's say 18, even if it was a Starbucks coffee a week compared to someone that waited when they were established with their 401, maybe they're 30, right? And then they finally start contributing to something. That 18-year-old can put away half as much money as that 30-year-old and have way more in retirement, way more. Yeah, It's not even fun. Think about that. No. I can speak speak in in reference to 18-year-old guys because I was one. Yeah. It's like, you're more interested in what kind of vehicle can you drive? Yeah. Or, well, we're just told to go pick a college. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going for, but I'm yeah. just to go to one. Well, what are you gonna do when? Yeah. What are you gonna do when you're out of high school? What college are you gonna go to? No like, idea. I'm just going. I don't know why, but I'm going. What other questions can we ask an mm-hmm. 18-year-old, 17-year-old, 16-year-old right. that's looking for those? Like, ask a different question. Yeah. Not where are you going? <laughs> why are you going? Yeah. Right. Why are you going? What are you doing? Yeah. What are, what are your plans? I, so I think the biggest piece because of advice. All they're doing is is answering the question. That's right. it. It's, it's, and it's, it's open-ended. And it's open-ended. Well, or, I mean, sorry, it's not open-ended. It's closed. Yes. To where they're not able to think about it. They're just producing an answer to, to uh, producing a result to answer the question. Yeah. There's no actual goal behind there's it. There's no knowledge put into it. Yeah. There's, there's no, no knowledge put process. into it. There's no ambition. There's no goal behind it. Yeah. And so then you have a society of people that are just kind of acting because they have to have an answer. Yeah. Well, unfortunately too, I mean, that comes on a parenting, right? Parents aren't necessarily asking the right questions either. Right. They expect the schools to do it or because they never learned it or never put themselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. They're doing the same thing that their parents did to them, that the school system did to them. Right. It's just like, Who's going to break the mold? And I, I always say, I think my the biggest thing you can do out of high school, college, whatever. Sure, go get your studies. Knowledge is power, right? You you do need knowledge wherever that may come from. It doesn't have to be college, but you need knowledge yep. to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Go get your knowledge. Invest in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're going to go buy a house, like if I were single with no kids, hundred thousand percent especially now that my wife's on board like i wish we'd have done this first yeah hundred thousand percent the best thing you can do right is go house hack and house hack to give the general definition is buy a house that has let's say let's say it's a duplex yeah. it's two plus units yeah. you're gonna buy it yeah. you're gonna live in one you're only have to gonna put five percent down by the way if any because it's your first time home you're it's your it's your residence okay so zero to five percent down right yeah. depending on the loan you get and you're you're situation yeah you're gonna have a house that you didn't have to cough up hardly anything for yeah. you're gonna live in one unit yeah and maybe you have one or two other units in there mm-hmm. you're gonna have someone else renting those units from you mm-hmm. paying your entire mortgage mm-hmm. all the expenses of that house mm-hmm. then what do you have in two years you have an asset that you can use so it's already an asset because someone's paying you you're not paying for it it's not bleeding you dry mm-hmm. You have someone paying you to live for free in a house that you own. Mm-hmm. And then in two years, refi or do something to take the equity mm-hmm. and do it again. Right. Right. If you're young with no kids, I mean, even if you are young with kids, whatever, and your spouse is on board, again, yeah. a big part of this, yeah. 
you can do this literally every two, like two years. Yeah. You refi or get the equity, do yeah. it again. Tell the new loan officer or the for the new house, mm -hmm. hey, that's gonna be my primary residence. Mm -hmm. If it's your primary residence, you put like 5% down. Mm -hmm. So you had two years to save up some of that net cash flow from your renters. Mm -hmm. You use that 5% to buy another one, mm -hmm. fill that unit you were living in with another renter. Now you're making even more off of that first unit. Right. And you have another one that's going to do the same thing. And now it's a snowball effect. Right. An unbelievable snowball effect. Right. But what do we all do? We all go take out a loan for a house that we can't afford or right. probably shouldn't have bought. Maybe right. it's too expensive or, but we because have to pay for it. Because you want to show to your friends or you want to feel like you're successful yeah. in some area. So you... You put yourself in a bigger bind for the false sense of success. Yeah. Or or just the fact that I, like we're told to buy a house. Yeah. But we're not told smart ways to buy a house because you can buy a house that you can live in for free and people yeah. don't realize that. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Nothing's free. Yeah. Well, it's free when someone else is paying for it. You had to do the legwork of getting a loan. Sure. Right. But well, because most people operate out of fear. Yeah. Go buy a house, go get a good job so that you're secure for the rest of your life. Yeah. And you can basically maintain this level of mediocrity. Yeah. Well, how much harder is it now if you bought a normal house that you just, you know, you live in? Yeah. How much harder is it now to buy the first investment house? Yes. That could have been your first step had anyone know about this. Yeah. I wish I'd have done that. Your first house is easy to buy when it's a first time home buyer. Yeah. And I can buy it and let someone else pay for it. Yeah. If it's a duplex plus. Yeah. And then I can do that every couple of years if I don't mind moving. Yeah. And then if I get sick of moving every couple of years, then buy a house. But everybody else paid for it. Yeah. Like, I wish that high schoolers were taught that yeah. because they're missing so much opportunity. So what I look at is, okay, two different things. For one, the statement I just made with, with maintaining a level of mediocrity, that's going to ruffle a lot of feathers to the wrong crowd. For sure. I'm not saying that. There's nothing wrong with it if that's you. I just spilled water all over my crotch. <laughs> there's, there's, if that's how you want to be and that's the choice you make and that's where that's where you feel comfortable, fine. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But this whole podcast is not for the <laughs> most people that I come in contact with is based around I want to do more. Right. I don't want to be mediocre. Right. I want to do more. And and average sucks. Me <laughs> mediocre me. is it just if that's what somebody wants and they're content with that, fine, because it's going to be different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Me, I just always want more. How much can I do? You know, how far can I go? Yeah. You just always look for the next step. Like I'm just I don't get the satisfactory feeling unless I feel like I'm maximizing my potential. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Which also comes with, in order to get there, there's a, there's a giant area of uncomfortability that you have to live in and 100%. almost stay in because when you move out of that space, you, you don't move forward. You just yeah. kind of maintain, you know? And so I don't want to say that as, as a negative as as a way to kind of like devalue anybody and any one person by any means i'm just more so speaking to the people that are in that high performer category yeah that you know that i i want to do more i want to do more i want to do yeah. more it's like all right if i don't say something that's going to hit you in the face that's going to make you think differently yeah and realize that we're what you're doing is going you know what you're acting on is going to produce what you want or don't want. Right. You know, so that's, that's why, I, that's why I say that. 
And my other thought is, you know, when you say something like, well, why isn't this taught? I don't know. <laughs> right. Where my mind goes is what are you going to do about it? Right. So that's a good question. So my thought, and this is actually one of the biggest whys that I have, which I wanted to get into as well, um, is I want to be able to teach my kids this, mm -hmm. right. Of the different mentality. And it's not to say that your mentality is wrong and mine's right. Right. But I'm very opinionated if you haven't caught that by now and probably very loud. I don't know if you turn down the mic or something, but um, is I want to be able to teach my kid that let's say he goes to college or whatever, but if we buy a house, maybe I buy it for him. Maybe he buys it, but mm -hmm. I want him to learn. Like if I buy him a house, it's going to be a duplex plus. Mm -hmm. I want him to learn how to manage someone else. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then someone else pays for it. He gets free housing, mm -hmm. whether he buys it or I buy it, mm -hmm. that he can learn how to build an asset up that mm -hmm. someone else pays for. Mm -hmm. He got through so much easier. And then college is over. Maybe he wants to sell it. Great. Right. Right. But he also learned so much in that time frame of how to manage other people, how to do a lease, how to get a loan, how to how to handle when your tenant texts you like they did this morning that the furnace isn't working mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. stuff like that's going to come up mm -hmm. and you're going to have negative situations i mean you're going to you're going to lose some willpower right? mm -hmm. it's impossible to keep 100 mm -hmm. willpower and courage every single day yes. right and i think that's kind of why the seven day hustle thing is an awesome thing because it's not the same for everybody right right like some people might completely just take off the weekends right right and then they restart like you even said that it's like kind of we have that cyclical clock every week that yeah. monday we restart which is fine but some people are go 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 yeah right i mean look at the the jeff bezos of the world mm -hmm. right you have some people that are like oh he's a billionaire screw him well mm -hmm. that billionaire mm -hmm. didn't get there just on the coattails i mean he worked his butt off to get there yes you name anyone look at michael phelps yeah. take him or leave him for the person yeah you know i mean there's no way that he was a hundred percent motivated yeah. And excited to wake up at 3 a.m. to jump in the pool at 5 a.m. <laughs> you yeah. can't tell me he was 100% every day, can't wait. Yes. You know he was <laughs> sick of it. You know he had to have gotten sick of it. Yeah. Right? He's like, I got to jump in the pool. I got to do this. I he has his routine, though. Right? And that's why he is the champion that he is. Yeah. He wore more gold on his neck than anyone we know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He broke records that we'll probably we'll never see in our lifetime get broke. Right? Right? But he did that because of his determination, his courage, and his willpower being higher than the fear meter. Yeah. Right. And he he kept it long enough and kept the motivation from people around him yeah. or the people he was listening to or the, whatever to wake up and do that no matter what. Well, like to to give an example to that, like I just kind of experienced that yesterday is I had a list of things I needed to get done. I, and I had them wrote up there. Two of them were still up there. I had five things I needed to get done. I needed to, there was five things business or three things business-wise that I needed to accomplish today. I needed to go to the gym and I needed to, we had uh, a dinner last night for the crew at the, at the end of the season. Yeah. I was like, these five things I have to get done today. This is what I have. Timeline didn't exactly work with everything ideally how I wanted it to. Sure. Normally I would go to the gym either in the morning or the afternoon and dinner was at uh, six o'clock. One of the guys couldn't make it. So we moved it to seven o'clock, but that was like the hard, this is the thing that every, everything else works around was dinner. You know what I mean? Sure. So before or after this is a hard stop in the middle of the day. The gym didn't happen before that. Okay. 
It's like, well, I could go after dinner. Right. But then, like, I knew I was going to be full. Right. I knew it was going to be late. I'm like, I could. And I just kind of left the thought there. <laughs> you know? Let it stew. In yeah. The I'm like, and then closer I got, I'm like, yeah, I'll just go to the gym afterwards because it's easy to say what you're going to do. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I'll just go afterwards. Knowing that I was going to have to like confront myself in that moment. We got done and it was like 10 minutes before we were leaving. I just basically wrote it off. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go. Like I'm tired. I'm stuffed. And then like, you know, fighting a food coma, um, you know, didn't get much sleep the night before. And I found myself making excuses and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to like leave this off the table for today. And I'm going to accept that I'm not going to accomplish everything I wanted to today yeah. and willingly just let myself down for that aspect. Yeah. Well, I was on my way home and this is kind of like an all-inclusive thing because I got two memberships, one here in Cocasco and the other one in Traverse. So if I was on that side of town, right. I had no excuse. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I saw like, your post on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and so they're open 24 hours every every once. That's like three days out of the week. And so I had to drive by there on my way home. And I got like this little teeny spark of ambition. And I'm like, I'm just going to go do it. And so I did. I swung in there and I still went to the gym after dinner. It was like, what, 30, 10 o'clock when I showed up there. Okay. And I was just like, you know, it's not. What time do you get up? What time do I get up? Ideally, I would get up about five on average, five o'clock in the yeah, morning. So you did it knowing full well that you were probably going to lose some sleep. I was going to lose some sleep. Um, you know, I, it's dude, it, it is like a, it, the, the hardest thing for me. And, and, and a lot of people will watch me on, on social media and from a distance be like, Oh, you're so, you know, you're so dedicated or you're so disciplined. And it's like that discipline has a fudge factor. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't always wake up at, um, it, I don't always wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I don't always get X amount of sleep at night. I don't right. always, you know, whether it's a proper amount of sleep or a little bit of amount of sleep, you yeah. know, I don't always do these things, but in the shift of, What's the word? What's what's a what's a good word? It just in that fluctuation of everything, somehow it all gets it all gets worked on. Yeah, you know it all it all gets accomplished. Well, I think that's a really good parlay into kind of what I wanted to bring up actually too was yeah, you know Michael Phelps a lot of times probably didn't want to wake up and go to the pool, but he did. Yeah, right? or you wanted to get to the gym and you made yourself go. Yeah, right. I think. It gets talked about a lot, but I don't think it gets dove into enough is having a why. Yeah. I mean, I, we hear that all the time is you have yeah. to have a why, but I don't know that it's explained enough that people are like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm supposed to have a why, but yeah, maybe they don't really understand why, why? they need a why, yeah. <laughs> but also like how important that can be. So, um, cause I did this a lot when I was in management, um, with my day job mm-hmm. was helping people come up with whys. Mm-hmm. And it's important for the fact that if you don't have a why to make yourself get up and go by X amount of time in the morning, mm-hmm. make yourself get to the gym. If your why isn't strong enough, mm-hmm. you'll flounder on it and you'll cheat it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Your why has to be strong enough. So I always did the kind of the 
mental work of what is your why, mm-hmm. right? Most answers I got was, well, it's to provide for my family and, you know, uh, not have to worry about bills, you know, something along those lines. And I'm like, well, isn't that just life? We have to pay the bills, feed These our are children. Obligations. Yeah, that's, that's a little why, right? Yeah. We have we all have to feed our children. That's a because. Or we'll end up in um, you know, in a cell. Yeah. Um, we have to pay the mortgage or we're gonna lose the house. You know, like yeah, those aren't whys. That's just life. Yeah. Right. So yeah. give me more specific. That can be a foundation, right? Right. But build on that. Like take a day, take a week, think about something that's so specific enough to make you actually want and care enough to do it day by day. Yeah. And that's that seven day hustle, right? Yeah. Is if that why isn't strong enough, mm-hmm. you're going to wake up on Saturday and not go to the gym because, yeah. well, it's the weekend, holidays are coming up. Like uh, you, you're going to have excuses. Yeah. But if the why is strong enough, yeah. you won't let yourself even get there. Right. Because that the vision and the future is so strong and powerful to you. So mm-hmm. like to dive deeper, I guess, into that. Um, get specific, you know, like, okay, I want a vacation home by the time I'm, 50 whatever mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. okay get more specific though where is the vacation home mm-hmm. how nice is it mm-hmm. right 50 50 what 59 right or 50 on the dot right right like get specific make right. it something that and, and everybody's why is going to be different i already know yours is different than mine yeah. and that's fine but yeah. it's whatever gets us to do it yes right yes and so i'll put you on the spot here no i'm good what is your why or what are your whys what is mine um truthfully it's hard to figure out exactly what my why is because i'm not married with no kids and i feel like people with and maybe that's an excuse that is an easy answer to that question is well my family and my kids i want to create a legacy and things like that my why is i just want to see what i'm capable of and i know that if i'm capable of great things it's not going to happen overnight you know what i mean my why there there's a lot of responsibility and the because that have been built up you know be, with having obligations to financed equipment and employees yeah. and things like that so there's a lot of you can say that those of your those are your why like like you just said but really those have become your responsibilities right. your why which is outside of your responsibilities right build on that as the foundation right <laughs> right right but build into something specific that makes you excited right and if it doesn't get you excited it's okay to change and update your why's right because right? hopefully right if our why's are strong enough maybe we attained our why in three years yeah i just then we, we upped it truthfully for me because i can yeah you know like why do you why do you get up and go to the gym and so uh, like, that's what i was gonna say let's get a little more specific yeah like, yeah so why do you so, make yourself go to the gym like what is right, the reason? so the reason like we'll pick on last night because i was there and i was thinking you know because you're my, my mind kind of goes and that's i feel like that's become you know somewhat of a meditative state as your mind works in ways it doesn't normally yeah and so i'm like it was definitely an action that wasn't desired but it was required Okay. Why? Because I didn't, it didn't matter if the workout sucked or the time sucked or was enjoyable. The point was, is I can't lose my consistency in this area. Yeah. So whether it was good or whether it wasn't, I can't get to the end of the week and realize that I have two days to make up three days worth of workouts. That doesn't, (laughs) excuse me, that doesn't work. 
So it was, <clears throat> I have to go. I have to go. I have to keep the consistency because the, it wasn't about the workout. It was about keeping myself in training that the consistency is important and that will transfer into other things. Yeah. A, I don't want to let myself down. I know, I know the person that I have to become in order to achieve the things that I want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And but, for yeah. whatever reason, I just, I want to be able, I, you find reward in doing great things, you know? And, and when you do that, you, you have to fight your ego a little bit because you can't even really think about, well, I did this. I did this. It's just that it's there. It had happened. Yeah. You, it's now your responsibility. But honestly, like my why is something that I struggle with. Well, there we go. We you found know something I mean? to work on. Yeah. Because I don't have any one big specific thing. Well, I have so one big specific You actually thing. mentioned a why though in season one, by the way, where you said you don't want it to be off the table. This was with Matt Salt. Mm -hmm. You didn't want it to be off the table that one day you could possibly buy someone a house. Yes. Yes. Is that, that is... you want that capability yes. to be an something that you can easily do for yes. someone i want to be able to and i think give. that's part of your why yeah right that bigger picture yeah. of like who are you i want to be able to give in a way that people can't pay me back see i think that's i think that's part of your why or if not i think that is your why yeah right like that's why you're doing so many different things at once and you want to get to this place yeah to be able to do that yeah and i think that's part of it there there is <clears throat> i think that's so I, drop? No, I actually think I have one. Yeah, yeah, I do. That good. Bam. I think that that's a reward for me is to be able to give back. Mm -hmm. That's a reward to have the capability to do things for people. That that's the reward for me. I think I I don't want to get to the end of my life and and constantly be swimming in the pool of I wish I would have versus I'm glad I did. Yeah. If I know that I'm capable of something, and if I know that something's a possibility, why would I not go for that? Yeah. Why would I not do something like that? Why would I willingly sit here and know that I'm not reaching my full potential and I could have done something more? Yeah. But there's, I think part of it is, as I've started to say this over the last couple of years, is like, that's just how I'm made. Like, I can't change my stripes. This is just how I am. Yeah. Why did I feel like it was fun to mow the lawn at 10 years old and then go charge people to mow their lawn at 10, 11, 12 years old? I don't know. I just, you know. Yeah. And I think it's A, for 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 one, it's it's being, not necessarily being a people pleaser, but it's probably part of a love language of mine that I'm not really willing to admit is um, acts of service. Yeah. Giving and acts of service. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But that's the hardest one for me to receive. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to do for others, but I don't like to receive that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think, honestly, I think that's, that might just, I don't know if that's a, just a guy thing too, though. I feel like we don't want to risk, like we don't want to be given stuff, but we would love to help. And maybe like as that provider mentality, Yeah. Um, you know, without sounding like a, what do they say when you're too mansplaining or man talk but anyway um, i don't mean to sound like that but like i feel like we're just inherently we want to be providers yeah and that's part of it but like you have bigger dreams than that to where i agree i, I think like it's christmas time right yeah love to give and i find it super exciting to like get something for someone mm -hmm. i get excited for their excitement mm -hmm. and i get excited that like 
I feel good about it, right? Like maybe yeah. you went a little above and beyond. Right. And that feeling is huge. And so when I was listening to that episode, you were saying that like, I don't want it to be out of the realm of possibility that I just literally buy someone a house mm-hmm. and say here and that's it. Like it's done. You don't owe me. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a, maybe a family in need or a relative, whatever your thought was with mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. I love that idea. And I think that's that overwhelmingly bigger picture of what does that mean as far as the why? Like when, when will I get there? Maybe there's a goal or a time frame too that you can get more specific on your why of when will that be? I do know about myself that I have never liked to hear the word no or I can't do something. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's part of the part of the drive. You and I and my four-year-old have that in common. <laughs> We're very strong-willed. And I don't, I don't ever want to reach a cap or a limit. And that was my biggest problem with working for anybody else is that I knew there was a limit and my limit and my cap was based on their ambition. Yeah. How far are you willing to let me run? Well, if there's, if I'm my own limit, then there is none. Yeah. You know, so why not? Right. I am going to have to figure out, and I was just talking about this with somebody the other day is that, you know, it's talked about a work-life balance, which there isn't really, I don't, I think that's become overplayed and misunderstood because it's not a raise one to sacrifice. No, it couldn't be a one or the other, you know, and then you kind of have this pendulum to where it, because it's assumed there's an imbalance, right? You know what I mean? If you have a perfect balance, that means that one has to sacrifice for the other one to gain and vice versa. Yeah. It's figure out how to make it all work as one. Yeah. Yep. You know, that gives you a lot more freedom. Yeah. As other personal elements come into my life that would be in the form of a relationship or kids or something like that, when that shows up one day, there's going to have to be an adjustment made. Yeah. You know, there is. And I think that I'm very, you, I think that I get, get sucked into it's it's almost like a drug you see the reward for your hard work yeah and when you start to slack on that you realize ah like stuff's starting to suffer Mm -hmm. like people are starting to complain or we're not running as smoothly as we could or my habits are garbage my mental health is garbage and you basically you realize what potential you have. And when anything less than that shows up, you realize that you have to work harder or get back to where you were before. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I've been working on the last couple of years, running, basically running two companies with a family and kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, is that work-life balance? You're right. It doesn't mean one or the other. Yeah. Cause, and we've all, I guess the thought I have, I always find it so sad because I hate it, but I don't ever want that to be me or my kids is that we can all think of an episode or a movie or you name it where, the kids say, well, dad was always gone. Our mom was always gone because they were working yeah. and we never saw them. We never had them in our childhood. Yeah. That's what I don't ever want to have to hear, but I want to provide in that same way that they're taken care of yeah. without me actually being out of the picture. Well, let's just call it out for what it is, because if you ask that dad, we'll say in this case, what is your why? He says, well, my kids, I want to give them something. Yep. No. Yeah. You're on your own ambition and you're using your kids as justification to ignore them. Yeah. You're thinking that you working is helping them. They need you. Yeah. Let's just be real. Yeah. You are doing what you're doing because this is something that you want. Mm -hmm. 
there's nothing wrong with that. Let's just be honest about the situation. You are providing for them, probably. Yes, yes, you are honest, or yes, you are providing, but why is it bad to say, because this is what I want? Because yeah. I want to do these things. Yeah. I also want a good relationship with my kid. I also want to provide for them. I also want to give them things. But if that's not what your kids want, then it automatically removes the whole purpose for your being. I was just going to say that that is the purpose of your being a father. Yeah. Right. Is that your kids want you. They want to look up to you. They want to learn from you. And the last thing that I want them to say is that they didn't get that chance. Yeah. So it doesn't, you don't have to justify your desires for your, for providing for your kids or your family or whatever. You can have both. Yeah. Because I want this for me because I still have purpose and ambition and, and, desires for me in my life yeah i also want to provide for my kids yeah you know but i make it an and statement yeah i I think actually i want this and i want that and so once you actually open that up and say well this is all that what i want all right well let's figure out how to make that happen Uh, right i think that's one of the positives to what covid's actually done for us Mm -hmm. is it's opened up the door to technology and people and companies realizing well, wait, you can just work from home and do the same thing. We're going to lease this space. We don't need to travel mm-hmm. to Chicago for this. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's allowed for a lot more of that family time that mm-hmm. we all got a lot more of in 2020. And now it's kind of getting back to that grind, but there's a lot more people now mm-hmm. at home with kids and working and having a better balance of that, that someone's not suffering for them to take care of someone else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or maybe it's themselves that they're taking care of while someone else is suffering in that aspect of it. That could go on a big rabbit hole because absolutely, I feel all like, of this. And, and I'm gonna like just like peek in the door, but I don't want to go down there. Yeah, is that because I said something along those lines at a conference I went to uh, a week and a half ago now? Is they were pointing out, you know, what what did you? They asked the question, what did you guys as contractors learn? Um, or what what things did you find out how to do differently when COVID happened? Or, you know, basically it was like, yeah, what new thing did you find out? What did you, what magic did you bring up? And I pointed out, it's like, I don't think we necessarily learned anything is that what happened is we didn't learn new ways to deal with things is more, more so than our inefficiencies were exposed. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Because sure. the solution was right there very soon after. And it came in the form of Zoom and it came in the form of um, just many different, like, well, either Zoom or email. And, and a lot of it was, how do you communicate? Yeah, Our communication was inefficient. So we have to find out different ways to communicate more efficiently. Time management. Here's right. the solution to that. So it's yeah. not like we then created something that wasn't there before, but our inefficiencies were exposed. For sure. So we had to force ourselves to implement something that was already there. The reason that we weren't already implementing that is because we're too old school and didn't and don't like change, you know, as a whole. So then we're fighting the innovation. Yeah. Then once we use it, we're like, oh, okay, I guess this works a lot better. But I think the other aspect too is we need like a two-part series to this episode. I know. Is that you, if you're here in person, I can hold you more accountable than if you're at home. Yes. Whose fault is that? Mine or yours? 
It's mine. I mean, my willpower, it, though. But right as an let's say let's say in this case you're working for me. It's my fault if I don't set the standard and hold you accountable to what I need you to do. Yeah. Because I'm not very good at doing that, I feel like I need you here in person. Hmm. Not saying that's going to be applicable for everybody, but yeah. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Well, if you're not here, I don't have as much control over you. Right. Well, why would you need as why would you need a lot of control over me? Well, just because. Well, why don't you give me boundaries to operate within and hold me accountable to those boundaries? Ooh. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think the, the other side to that is, excuse me, I'm a big uh, supporter of environment. Like the reason that this office looks a lot different than the rest of my house is because when I'm in here, it gives you a different feel. It definitely feels like an office. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a construction office <laughs> yeah yeah maybe you not know, my office but a so office. it is hard to work in an environment that doesn't support what you're trying to do yeah and i think that's the other half of it is that everybody has inefficiencies and ultimately that's what we battle every single day yeah for sure you know what i mean so my inefficiency to hold you accountable you inefficient your inefficiency to be um to have the determination and dedication to be um um focused when you're at home in an environment that doesn't exactly support what you want to do yeah so it's all a big thing and it i well, mean wrapping that up that's why that why needs to be strong enough to yes. outweigh the insufficiencies that we all have yes it seems like there's a common theme that's coming through and and, and especially for you like you're you're very you i'm noticing that you're very good at like well, it doesn't have to be a problem as long as this is bigger than that. Yeah. As long as your answer is bigger than your problem. Right. Like there's a, you know, there, there's a way around it or there's an option for X, Y, and Z. Like we have an issue. How do we, how do we solve it? How do we get around it? How do we overcome it? Right. I feel like there's always an option whether or not we're able to brainstorm that enough. Mm -hmm. And that's part of that surroundings of who you're talking to and who you're with and yeah. you know, the knowledge that you're gaining from every situation. Mm -hmm. Like if you're doing something and not learning something from it, what was the point? Right. That was part of like getting into real estate was like, I want to do it just to prove to myself that a, I can. Right. And I'll find out if it works or if I like it or if right. I can do it. Right. And if I can't, then I at least figured it out and, and learned that I can or can't. Right. Or I'll learn from it and, stumble along the way but eventually i'll be running mm -hmm. as i'm thinking about this like maybe you tell me if it's a good a good reason for a why but i've always wanted the option to choose success to me is the ability to choose i've achieved something if i never actually have it but I had the opportunity to say no. Does that make sense? <laughs> kind of um, to break that one down. So when I originally went to school yeah. for automotive stuff, my end game with that is I wanted to move to California and build sandrails. Okay. How do I get from here to there? Well, I got to go through this whole path of school and experience and, then work and learn and, you know, meet people. And so eventually you get closer and closer and closer to it because I never actually hit that point. 
Um, because I never actually hit that point and did the thing, I don't look at that as I didn't succeed at something or I didn't accomplish something because the opportunity was offered to me and I chose to say no. Yeah. You know, I was in this house talking to somebody on the phone. It was a, a one-off gig out in California. Timeline didn't work out for me. I was going to go uh, be one a uh, support technician for the Baja 1000. And I said, wow, that would be really sweet because I wanted to do this and this and this eventually. And they're like, and they said on the phone, they offered me like five different job offers. We can make that happen for you. And I thought, I actually accomplished everything I set out to do because I have the op the the option to say no. Do you not have that option now? I'm sure I could dig it up again. You know, I I, I you know like that, with your current business though is my thought. Oh, I feel like you have that option already to where you've already maybe accomplished that. Why? Maybe because right? you're not working for anybody else. No, I'm not working for anybody else. But there there's a different. There's a different different level of, you know, right now I can't approach the bank and say, hey, I want to buy a $5 million property. And they just say, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have to, they're the ones saying no at that point. In time. Yeah. Okay. I got I'm saying, please, they're saying no. I got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want the ability to choose. I want the ability to say yes or no. That is solely dependent on me. Yeah, that's pretty big. And I guess, you know, I mean, yeah, that's huge. I would say like to is almost get even more specific with it though. Yes. As far as right, like it's the number 5 million, right? Yeah. Come up with a little more specific, A, time frame. Yeah. But then B, maybe maybe it's an amount or an, a, some kind of number of yeah. this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I think that would help give you that vision of the why yeah and, and it doesn't have to be one thing right like a why can have an s at the end of it right right why is right there can be many different reasons for why you wake up or why you go to the gym or why you run three companies right like right. there can be many different reasons right and i think it's if they're specific it gets that much stronger and that mm -hmm. much more motivating mm -hmm. that gets that willpower mm -hmm. up there and stronger. i i found that if I set large goals, because it's like the universe, okay? There's no end. Right. You look at Bezos and Musk and things like that. They're just the biggest person. Like, they're just the ones that have done the most. Today. Today. Who's like, the next? We, we can always up the numbers. <laughs> oh, yeah. We do. The yeah. numbers can be bigger. They've been constantly. So yeah. there's really no end to your potential. And right. I have found that if I set an end game that puts a cap on myself. Yeah, yeah. I I need to set short-term goals that will put, propel me in that direction. Yeah. You know, and as I get to the more like minimum. Yes. Right? Yes, like I want to hit this plus. Yeah. To the not short, I want to just hit this. Yeah. Because if I don't know if I don't have direction on what my next move is, then you're just kind of walking around aimlessly. Right. So short and midterm goals that propel me in the direction I want to go and as you get to those short and midterms, you end up moving the target out and you move it out and you move it out. Yeah. And those, they get bigger and they morph. Yeah. But if I set an end game, then that's it. 
What True. if I don't have a limit to it? It's just, well, that's just why I go in this direction. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying too, is like the why's should evolve and should change. Yes. Because A, if it was strong enough that it motivated you for the last three years to do it, yeah. maybe you accomplished it when your goal was five years, you accomplished it at year three. Yeah. You should probably adjust the why's, right? right? Adjust the goals, adjust the, right. the minimums, right? Right. And they should be constantly evolving. Right. The sky is the limit with that. That's what's wild. Yeah. I mean, it really is. If you think of it like that, is yeah, Jeff Bezos is the most you know wealthy dude He's right now, or Elon, now. whoever. Right? <laughs> They're the wealthiest right now. Yeah, but the 1950s, three thousand dollars was a lot of money. Right. Right. Right now, it's like well, so. It's all relative. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What do you think that we've actually? So, just just side note. Yeah, I think that you know when I see you, it's like all right this dude's got the framework to do some really great things because you start early. You don't really waste much time. You don't try and reinvent the wheel and you do what works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which means that you get what you want. Most people, which honestly, that's a testament to like that. There's not really an ego involved. Yeah. I mean, I hope I don't get portrayed as like, no, 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 you, you know, like, you, I hope it's more of a pride or like a, uh, a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Or like even just a sense of, no, you excitement, yes, right? Like yeah, it's it, excitement. Yeah. You don't have like, that yeah. at all. And I say that because most Passion. people, <laughs> most people in an entrepreneurial space or just high performance, whatever it is, they want to have, and I, and, and I'm like, and I'm speaking for myself and some of this too. They want to have the reward of doing it themselves. Okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 And so what will happen is they actually hold what they want further out from themselves because they're struggling with their own ego. Well, I want to do it. You know, this is how, this is how it works for me, or this is how I want to do it, or, or I'm going to do it this way. Well, fine. <laughs> That's what you want to do. Right. But it's really not that hard to just. Do what other people have done. Like, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah. If somebody else has done it and it works. And you can Google how. Why <laughs> would you not do the same thing? So then you have to ask yourself, what do you actually want? Do you want the thing that you say that you want, which is your end result and your reward? Or do you want to be right? Yeah. Because if you're fighting those two things, you're going to be wrong and it's going to prolong what you actually want. Yeah, that's huge. And the only thing that gets in, in the way of that is ego. Yeah. And so that's why I, I, I applaud you so much. And I see this like, all right, this dude's going to be going to do great things because you started early. You don't try and reinvent the wheel and you go for what works. Like, Hey, what's the shortest pass between me and what I want? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> and, and almost to like that, you know, that, uh, my wife would say, I love my wife. I don't mean to pick on her. Um, <laughs> is I get excited about something and I get so excited. Yeah. But like you said, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Right. Like, yep. I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm actually going to do it. Right. And you might be like, wow, he's like super excited about this. And they super excited about this. They super... Like, but I'm going to go full ass into those. Yeah. I'm not going to half donkey it. Yeah. Right? I'm going to go full. Yeah. Um, and I, I do actually, it's funny. Cause I feel like it's kind of iterating the motto I wrote down. is like kind of, what are my mottos? Mm -hmm. The one that I've been living by now for a while is by Vince Lombardi, which no, I'm not a Packers fan. Okay. I've got the lion's hat on actually. <laughs> However, Vince Lombardi has this 
really famous quote and it's been on my desk now for seven, eight years, whatever it's been. Mm -hmm. And I have it right there in front of me. So I see it every day when I'm at my office is Mm -hmm. the difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength and not a lack of knowledge, Mm -hmm. but rather it's a lack of will. Mm. That's the only difference between a successful person and others. Yeah. And I think that it simplifies everything down to you can do it if you have the courage, mm-hmm. right? The willpower to mm-hmm. do it. You just got to do it. Like, just go do it. You're, right? you're, Don't tell me you're going to do it. Do it. You're choosing to leave it alone. Or you're choosing to leave it on the table at that point. Yeah. Like, it, it literally boils down to that simple. Like, I mean, we can overcomplicate things for days. But it really just boils down to, like, do you have the willpower that will get you there? Because you don't need that crazy amount of knowledge. You'll, you'll learn. You'll gain the knowledge by simply doing it. But it's going to hold you back if you don't. If the fear is higher than the, the will or the courage, you're, you're not going to get there. So you should have the willpower and the trust in yourself and the trust in the numbers or however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. And then just go. Yeah. Right. Don't go blind. Don't go stupid. Yeah. Right. Don't don't go blind. Yeah. Because then you're going in literally like the fool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But go in with some form or some purpose the other motto i wrote down actually i have this tattooed on my chest is philippians 413 is that on your board no, somewhere that's, that's jeremiah 29 oh okay okay yeah, that's a good one too well philippians 413 um for those of you heathens that don't know it <laughs> <laughs> uh is i can do all things through christ who strengthens me mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that i literally i think i was 18 when i got that tattooed on my chest mm-hmm. and that's always been my thought is that who's gonna hold me back yeah Right, like yeah, you have no limit. I, I have no limit. Why? Why would I be told like you said? I hate to be told no. Yeah. Why would I be told no? Because other people have done it. Why can't I do it? Yeah. If that person did it, I can surely do it. Yeah. Right. It, it's not a lack of knowledge or right. strength. It's a lack of will. If you don't. Right. So if your willpower matches the person that's already doing it, why can't you do it? Right. 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 And I truly believe that is that like, if I get my mind set on something, I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You know and. Maybe I'll trip and stumble, but again, that's part of that gaining the knowledge, right? right? You don't gain knowledge unless you try something or unless you do trip and stumble, right? Life shouldn't be that easy because then what did we learn from it? Right. Like we're supposed to have struggles, right? Right. And some of those struggles are harder to deal with than others, but that's what makes you, you Mm -hmm. is how did you overcome that and what, what it made you into the person you are now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've been in the insurance and investment banking space and you're, you've, like how I see it is you're, it's still there, but you can honestly call yourself a real estate investor at this point in time. I'd like to. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously I want to have more. You, yes. You want to have more, but you've, you've done it, you're doing it and you're yeah. continuing to do it. And that crusade is going to outweigh everything else. Yeah. That's the momentum that's being created. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So Nate Duell is going to turn into, you know, it, once if 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 somebody were to talk about you, oh, he's a real estate investor. I mean, yeah, that's that's what I want. But you're there. The phrase to be. But you're you're there right now because you're actively working in that space. Yeah, yeah, I'm actively working. It doesn't have to be a large thing. You've got more True. than I do, so you're investing more than I am. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. call your. Own own the title that you want. Are you doing it? Right. Yeah. yeah. Is it to the capacity that you want? No. Right. But that's that's you. You know what I mean? Like, like 
still own the space that you're in. Yeah. It doesn't have, you don't have to. And I feel like maybe if you're not willing to, to own that title, it's because there might be some comparative to where, to somebody, well, I don't have as many as yeah. potentials of others that I've seen. So I can't really call myself that. Yet. Sure. Sure. But you're doing that yeah, already yeah. now. Or I think maybe even too, like is until it fully replaces the day job, mm-hmm. then it doesn't, it's not the job mm-hmm. right, or like the career. Yeah. So there's, there's some of that I think too. And yeah, I I'm very bad about that, you know, comparing myself to others. Um, I mean, part of that is what motivates me, but you know, when my siblings have more units than I do, we've talked about this before. You're like, yeah, but you do you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But, but, but he's a year and a half younger. He's a year and a half younger than me. He started sooner. He, you know, he had that willpower before me and that like, just jump in head first type mentality that that's why he's a couple years ahead of me. Yeah. Right. As he started a couple years ahead. I mean, granted, I had kids sooner, I had a wife sooner, all that stuff, but, you know, not to create excuses. I mean, I'm, I, I like the comparison and the fact that as long as it's not like a a negative thing or like a um, jealousy type yeah. envy, yeah, and it's more of a motivational encouragement, then yeah. I think it's it's on the healthy side of it yeah, to where it can get very unhealthy yeah. if it's more of a jealousy, envious yes. type. Well, well, you're operating in somebody's shadow at that point in time, and you're constantly yeah. trying to catch up to where they're at. But if you use it as motivation yeah. and say, all right, like he did this, I can do this. It gives me motivation to do it. Yeah, If you're only ever looking to reach where somebody else is at, they're always going to be ahead of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... But if you see that, hey, I can do that too. If he's looking back at me, it slows him down. <laughs> it's it's more a matter of you might find something that will propel you eons ahead. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. if your main focus is trying to keep up with somebody else, then you'll always be behind them. Yeah. No, it's true. You know, and, and I don't see you 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 doing that. I'm more so just, you know, saying that just for the sake of saying it, but yeah. What do you think that our conversation has been mostly on? Because I need a title for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking we've been all over. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, mean, you've given marriage advice. We've talked about school system. Seriously. Talk- <laughs> I mean, you know, I think a, a lot of real estate investment. We've done a stuff. lot. Um, I mean, I think the main thing we've hit on and kind of have kept going back to is that will slash courage, mm-hmm. the will over fear or mm-hmm. the courage over fear. Mm-hmm. I think that's been the biggest, you know, crown to the whole thing and kind of think everything else is underneath it as far as like it all related back to that Mm -hmm. that that courage over fear you know or half percent more courage than fear the willpower whatever you want to say and i mean it's again you know maintaining it but also just finding it some people haven't found what they're super passionate about and i mean you like you talk to people like you said you know i do the insurance and retirement planning stuff and they'll even tell you my my passion is in real estate investing oh yeah and you know it's it's yeah it's not a bad thing that like you know i'm maybe less focused on the day job and i'm thinking about this but i juggle it very well i get asked a lot is man i don't know how you do it with the kids the family you know you go hunting and fishing as much as you can i have chickens at home Mm -hmm. um a garden in the summer and two companies on top of that and Mm -hmm. It is a juggle, but that that balance. If you we talked about it on briefly enough, but it's a whole other discussion. But that work life balance, yeah. And it it does take a certain someone to be able to handle it. And I don't mean to pat myself on the back for that, but I do feel like I finally found 
how to do that yeah without making my kids or my wife or my even my work suffer like no yeah. one needs to suffer yeah if you do it right we all have the same amount of time in the day yeah right how are we spending it though yeah and that and i think to your point that you made earlier is that you have a great support system in your marriage yeah you know? And it takes time. It's not something you can just do or find, yeah, right? Yeah. Like working with you and like, you know, just calling you and talking for 45 minutes, just yeah. that support system. You actually gave me the encouragement last week when you're like, well, have you ran like a, um, you know, a new net worth calculator in the yeah. last couple of years yeah. since getting into real estate? And I was like, well, no, I haven't. And then that right there sparked my encouragement of like, without even running the numbers being like, in the last couple of years, I've definitely bumped that up. Right? Like, <laughs> all right. You, yeah. I mean, you kind of like just, that was, it was that easy of a little conversation, but if you don't have those conversations or those people to talk to and that network around you, yeah. you, you aren't, it's hard to pull yourself out of that alone. Yes. Right. You do need, it takes a team. Yeah. It, it's not easy to do this stuff without a team. Have you heard the phrase, your network is your net worth? I have not. Your network is your net worth. The network of your network, the people that yeah. you keep around you, yeah, is your net worth. Yeah. Because the value is in the encouragement. The value is in the conversations, the value is in, you know, just like that. It's like it, that combined with you're the average of the five people you hang around. They're kind of very similar, similar. Um, 100%. You know, but if you want a better, bigger standard for your life, surround yourself with better people. Yeah different people because everybody has value okay that's that's one thing it's it's really hard when you're when you're talking about self-development and and for lack of a better term personal gain and high-performing people you have to be very careful not to devalue people that aren't in that same yeah, operating in 100%. The same and that's why i said that i don't mean to come off as a dick or no, like it's you know it's, as as egotistical not, prideful like that's not i'm just passionate yeah. That yeah, I'm not trying to put that's other not people down. That just because one person is doing more than the other person, that yeah. doesn't devalue either person. What we're talking about is the effort and the struggles it takes to just execute X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Everybody has value and equal value. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some people choose not to tap into that. They have the potential because God created us all equal. Like, let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. God created us all equal. Right. Okay. But then you go back to, there's, there's a parable of, of the, the vineyard master went on a trip. He gave three of his employees, three different, they call them talents in the, in the, um, but basically I look at it as, as coins. I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to, I'm going to give you one. I'm going on a trip. Go invest these wisely. The first person with three went out and tripled his return, brought it back. You know, when, when the master came back, says, hey, I invested it. I tripled your, your investment with me. Here you go. Good job. The second one doubled it. The third one operated out of fear and said, I don't want to lose this, so I'm going to bury it in the ground. Hmm. Yeah. He comes back. He says, hey, you should be proud of me that I didn't lose what you gave me. And he was the one that you got only gave me this. the most. Yeah. because you didn't even try. Yep. I gave you the opportunity for something and it gives a feeling of you would have been better off to lost it, be, to have lost it all because you, you would at least try. Yeah. It's that anti-victim mentality, right? Yeah. Use what you have yep. for your own power and gain, right? 
don't play the poor me victim game because it's not going to gain you anything, right? right? You're going to sit on the sideline. Right. At least go and try. If you fall, you fall. Yeah. But what did we learn from falling? Yeah. Right. We learned maybe how to avoid that next time or how to prolong it to where it doesn't take as long until we fall again. And yeah. that's, that's powerful, man. I like that. Yeah. Like so, you know, I, I've found such great, like just joy with this podcast because I've really gotten an idea to see like, man, I got some pretty good friends. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like a lot of the people that I've had on here have been my friends. It's like, man, I've yeah. such a great yeah. net, net worth of friendships. Yeah. Like it's not going to be any different conversation than somebody that's had, you know, much different success in their life. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, cause it comes down to mentality and mindset mentality mindset motivation yeah you know what i mean so me and you can have a killer conversation it's like that's that's why i align this the same way because anybody can listen to the conversation we had and be like dude that was fire yeah that i mean i fire. hope so right yeah. <laughs> at least bits and pieces of it yeah yeah i'm sure I, you know we went off on tangents and i but that's okay because that's how normal conversations go yeah true that's why I was asking if you wanted to prep before we started just jumping. No, like, just no jump we're, gonna jump. <laughs> we're just going to jump and we're going to see where it takes us. Yeah. So, Nate, you are how old? Ah, oh, man, 31. You're 31. How old are you? You're old. 33. <laughs> All I know is you're older. I just want to make that known. So you're 31. Yeah. You've got two kids, a third kid on the way. Yes. You've been married for how many years? Since 2014. 14. So eight, eight, eight and a half years. Yep. Um. You've you've been in life insurance, investment banking space, and then 2019, you said you just finally pulled the plug on on getting into real estate. So. Yeah, I think 2019 was really that knowledge gaining year. Yeah, of I'm going to. I just and I. When started, did you pull the plug on your first investment? First investment property? house would have been 2020. 2020. What was that? That was. Was that the mobile home? No. No, that was the uh, the duplex. Okay. And that was my first one. I still have that one. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was only, you know, not even three years ago at this point. Right. But yeah, I still have that one. Uh, and it's been a great little first snowball effect, you know, mm -hmm. and I've now since been able to take equity out of that and buy another place with it. And so how many, how many doors do you have right now? Right now I have six. Um, and you've I, exchanged a couple in that time. You've bought and sold some other pieces. Yeah, so I had eight this summer. Um, you had eight this summer. Yeah, sold a couple to be able to basically build up some cash for uh, another multifamily is the plan. Mm -hmm. um, I like the multifamily game, which multifamily, for those that don't know, it's basically two to four mm -hmm. units. Mm -hmm. Five units plus um, is obviously multifamily as well, but that's going to be a whole other like, ballpark. Mm -hmm. um, you have to go commercial on five plus, but two to four is kind of that perfect avenue that the normal investor mm -hmm. can go find without much competition. Because mm -hmm. two to four units, you're not having the first time home buyers or normal home buyer buy those, mm -hmm. right? Again, because they don't know the trick of house hacking. Mm -hmm. And then you also don't have the major investment firms or investment companies mm -hmm. buying two to four units. They want 100 to 500, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have that little niche area of very little competition mm -hmm. realistically mm -hmm. so i love that avenue and i mean it's awesome you can buy a house and there's already three renters or there's going to be three renters paying for the mortgage so a the cash flow is a little bit better um you know the well what if a, a unit's vacant well heck, i can have two units vacant in my triplex 
and the bills are still going to get paid. Right. 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 And that it takes away a little bit of that, like fear that someone liability. might have. Yeah. yeah. Reduce the liability. It, it makes the numbers a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in two years I went to, to basically up to eight units, sold a couple this summer. So now I'm down to six. Um, but I am ahead of game. I mean, my, my game plan was to buy like two a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we just look at the six I have right now in two years, I, I really have done essentially three a year yeah. just averaging it out. Yeah. Um, realistically this year it was more like six this year mm-hmm. um and then back down to four selling the two but mm-hmm. yeah so i mean i'm ahead of schedule which is fun and that's where a whole nother episode can be on the snowball effect of real mm-hmm. estate is once you get the first one it's it's actually quite easy after that because mm-hmm. a you know what you're doing but b you have so many different places to take other people's money mm-hmm. and buy yourself assets mm-hmm. And that's what I'm really seeing is now is after the first and the second deal, mm-hmm. the opportunity just grows. Not only the amount that you can buy, yeah, but how often you can do it. Right. Like you just have cash more readily available to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So if somebody had, because <clears throat> I think this is a number for anybody, it doesn't matter who you are, what space you're in. If you have to sell everything and liquidate and work a little bit extra you can come up with 10 grand oh yeah the difference is how much are you willing to sacrifice let's say somebody has zero dollars in their bank account okay if you really wanted it that bad enough you could sell everything you own i'm talking about tv vehicle everything everything yeah sell everything you own work a couple hours you know work a little bit more don't spend as much on, on stuff that doesn't pay you back you can come up with 10 grand in a reasonable time frame. Yeah. If somebody had 10 grand available to them, what would you do with that? What's the first thing you would do if they wanted to go towards real estate investing? What if they wanted say? to go into real estate? Yeah. I mean, so let's if, say somebody somebody comes to you and they says, Nate, I got 10 grand. What do I do with it? Love it. Seriously, we need series two on this episode. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, my first thought is, okay, 10 grand... It's going to depend on, A, if that's enough to buy a house on your own, mm-hmm. right? Let's say it's your first time house. Mm-hmm. You have enough. 10 grand will buy you, uh, heck, that'll buy you a $200,000 house, mm-hmm. right? If you're putting 5% down. Mm-hmm. It won't probably buy you an investment house because you're going to need more like 20, 25%. So my thought is, is if you have 10 grand, A, you can never get enough knowledge. So go spend $8 of that 10 grand on buying rich debt for that. Zinger. <laughs> Bam. And you still have $8 less than 10 grand. Okay. Yeah. So you basically still have 10 grand. Um, I would, and I actually have a list of like other ways to do it. Right. So you don't have to have 20, 25% down, right. If you did the house hack or it's your first time house, or you only had to put three to 5% down, you can do that. Right. With 10 grand, you're good. Or find other people like you that have 10 to 20 grand and partner with them. If you partner with someone that also has 10 grand, well, now your company that you just created has $20,000. Now, if you need 20% down, well, you can actually go buy a $100,000 investment house. Right. It might just be a single family. Maybe it is a duplex, right? right? You got that ball started. So then you have your own little company. You have only half of the um, loss potential or the half of the risk, mm-hmm. but you got started right? You own 50% of something. It's better than never doing anything. Mm-hmm. Mark Cuban says that, you know, a bite of a, what does he say? A bite of a watermelon is better than a grape. Mm. 
right? Because you can take a way bigger bite out of the watermelon and you, you're you going to have more than taking a bite of a grape to where you're getting started. And that's just going to be a snowball effect because now you and your partner, whether or not you continue together, you have an asset, you can sell it down the road, you can refi it, use the equity. And then maybe that equity just gained you each 20,000. You only put in 10, your renter just paid you back probably within a year or two, if you're doing it right and you're cash flowing. Right. And then now you each have 20 grand. So now your company has 40 grand to spend. Now you're going to go buy a better one or a bigger one or more units. And I think that's the thing that people miss is they don't, A, find other lenders, like other, um, there's a lot of people that have cash money mm -hmm. that want to invest, but they don't have the will to do it themselves. You can go find your wealthy uncle that has all this cash and you say, hey, what if I did all the work? You just loaned me this. I pay you X amount in interest. Mm -hmm. He's pumped. He's going to get way more interested at the bank. Mm -hmm. Maybe he didn't want to risk anything. And if you show him the platform and you, you know, show him that it's going to work and here's the numbers on this investment property, maybe you don't have to put any money into it. You get a hard money lender to do it for you. You just pay him an interest rate like you would a bank and now you have no debt. And you're just, I mean, so 10 grand is a hard one to, to really, I guess, get back to your question. Well, the, the reason, and I knew it was going to be a hard number, but it's achievable for anybody. It is. There's it's other ways to do anybody. it. So what I'm trying to point out. You have out, to think outside the box. Yes. You have to think outside the box. And what I'm trying to point out is it's doable no matter who and where you are at. 100%. You just have to. Even if you had five grand, go find three buddies that also have five grand. Right. If you already own a house, you guys, <laughs> if you already own a house, you're sitting on a ton of equity that the bank is loaning out at 20% mm -hmm. that you're letting them have. Mm -hmm. You have your own cash and you have your own equity that you are not actually using for your own benefit. You're letting the bank have it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not giving financial advice because I probably shouldn't be with a podcast. I don't know. But look at that. Right. Like look at what maybe you are already sitting on. If you already own a house, how much equity do you have in it? Yeah. If you can take. 80% of it out. Well, heck, what does 80% of your equity look like? Maybe you have way more cash than you thought and you didn't think outside the box because you were too scared of interest rates. Well, yeah, again, if the numbers don't lie, right? If the numbers work and your tenants will pay you more than what you owe monthly, then sweet. Who right. cares how much debt you have if someone else is paying for it? Right. If I have 3 million in debt, but I'm making 4 million off of it in that time frame of paying it off, right. sweet. Sweet. I don't care. Yeah. Right. I don't. Someone else is paying. I'm not paying anything. Someone else is paying it to give me a free house. Right. That's huge. Yeah, dude. Good stuff. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was fun. We'll do this again. I'm glad to finally be on you know, <laughs> halfway through season two. <laughs> Uh, no, I think we need to have a follow-up on diving specifics. Man. No, There's way too much we went over. I love it. Though. I do. And I Great this, stuff. this year, I'd really like to be able to record a bunch Yeah, in like before May hits because then I can schedule them out there you and go. the podcast doesn't actually stop for the rest of the year. Yeah, I like it. So I've already got five. Yours will be the fifth for this for this season. Yeah. And if I can do at least two a week, then I can schedule them out. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So two that's that's eight in a month. Yeah. You yeah. know, that that gives me eight in one month, gives me two months. So really I need three a week probably yeah. to do the whole well, thing. Well, I mean, I think too is you know, if anything sparked anybody's mindset, if it was just a little snippet one of us said, or maybe it's a topic that we yeah, we brushed on but didn't dive enough into for you, hit one of us up. Right. I mean, hit one of us up. We can have a yeah. we can have an episode diving deeper into specifics yeah. and 
or just one-on-one -on -one discussion of maybe yeah. some, you know, what direction to take. Kind of like that. Okay, yeah. I have ten grand. What do I do? Right. Right. All right. Well, how do I find a hard money lender? Yeah. All right. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Well, right? it doesn't like, always have to be an hour-long episode either. No, like you can get we're probably great two value <laughs> in like twenty to thirty minutes. Oh, hundred percent. You know what I mean? It doesn't oh, yeah. always have to be that. So I've actually got another one of these mics coming. Nice. Um, and that camera is mobile and i've got a laptop so i'll i my idea was is to take a mobile to be able to take the the podcast mobile love it and these mics will sound a lot better than that one because that one kind of picks up like it'll pick up the yeah the, the dog and stuff. out yeah. the dogs and the, you know so but um it may yeah. be fun because you're going to be videoing it too is almost do like a podcast slash tutorial mm-hmm like we could almost do it in one of my units, like, uh, right. Like literally do it in my unit and be like, well, what happens if this happens? Yeah. Almost like a Q and a of like, what did you do with this issue or what did you do with like, and you can do it with your construction thing um, to where so, you could almost show it. So what you're talking about is starting a YouTube channel. hundred <laughs> percent. You and I. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yep. going to be called you and I, <laughs> you and I. Um, no, I mean, I think that'd be an interesting concept because there's, there's so many tutorials on YouTube that people want to learn how to do this or see this. But if we're almost doing it almost, well, I said almost a lot there. Yeah. If we're doing it like, did you see what Sarah Brower's doing? No. Well, Dude, Sarah Brower and her husband have like, they're like Insta famous right now. They've got really? some sort of like, they've, she's doing what, photography? No, they're, they've got like over a hundred thousand followers. They made, they, they make like, they were just in, in the, in the, one of the local news feeds they made like six figures off their youtube channel what yeah they're doing a bunch of uh remodel house hacking really oh yeah look look them up it's their their instagram handle is i think it's we are jamie and sarah we are jamie and sarah yeah okay yeah i saw that the other day i'm like no I'm kidding <laughs> that's wild yeah yeah i think there's a lot of opportunity that um I don't, I don't know if we're still recording, but I think there's a lot of opportunity with something like that, where it's almost like a tutorial or a how-to, but we're almost like we're doing it there. Yeah. Like we can literally set up a two chairs. Yeah. And like video it in the room. I don't know. Yeah. We almost be kind of interesting, but then almost we can walk through the before and the afters or, Hey, we ran into this. What do you do? Yeah. Um, you have how to, do you overcome it? You almost have to capture the moment when it happens because yeah. the conversations that are valuable, they happen just like, and you don't know that they're actually happening. Yeah. And so if you can kind of realize, hey, like, let's just like, let's record what we're talking about right now, because that's going to be valuable for somebody else. Like, we don't have to commercialize it. We don't have to right. act different than what we are. Like, people are out there wanting to know what we're talking about. Right. You know, and right. honestly, that's the whole purpose for this podcast is that we... I tend to get in a lot of conversations that are extremely valuable. I'm like, well, man, why do I have to be the only one that hears this? Yeah. What I, you know, we touched on this too, is like, well, a lot of people are probably going to have the thought of, okay, you know, you say if the numbers don't lie, well, what numbers, how do you run those numbers? What, yeah. what does that mean? Right. What's the algorithm or what's the yeah. the process? Like what? So I feel like it almost be fun. We literally sit in like a rally unit. Yeah. Just like, that's the scene, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just simply do that. 
Yeah. We go through the numbers. Yeah. Like what are the numbers I'm looking at? Yeah. What numbers do I want to see if I think it's a good deal or not? Run through the actual numbers that the house that we're sitting in, yeah. we can put those numbers down, maybe on a whiteboard behind us and literally just go through it. Yeah. And, you know, give credit to where credit's due with uh, bigger pockets, which is really where I learned that type of stuff. But right. it'd almost be fun because then we'd have like the, the mobile setting of it, yep. of this house right here. This is this unit, this unit, this unit. Here's my expenses. You know, you name it, but it's kind of a fun breakdown. And like you said, it'd be like 20 minutes. We could talk for an hour, but cut out the last 40. Awesome. Thanks, Nate. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure.